When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome in. I'm Jay Zawoski here with Mario Tirabasi in our very bright CHGO studios in the West Loop. Greg Boyson will join us from the UC uh, in a little while. The Hawks win 4-3 in overtime coming back. From a 3-1 deficit, Seth Jones with the game-tying and game-winning goals. Uh, The game-tire with the empty net, the game-winner in overtime. A really fun game, a really great response to a horrible loss against the Kraken. Yeah. We're going to get into all of it. Uh, Before we do, make sure you are subscribed to our YouTube page. Make sure you smash that like button for us. And we've got those likes uh, piling up to get those extra votes in, or those extra spins at the tank wheel at the end of the show, mm-hmm. we had a user on Twitter say, hey, we've got two in the bank. He went back and, and oh, checked, nice. checked how many were owed. So we got at least two two extra spins That's tonight. Our, it's our CHGO um, stats department. Work hard at work. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and make sure if you're listening to just the podcast that you are subscribed uh, there as well. We've got a poll question going on right now on the YouTube. Would you be happy with the Blackhawks looking like the current Sabres team in three years, you can vote yes or no, and we will update that poll as the show goes on. All right, and you don't have to respond with "they can't beat the Blackhawks." Zoom out, yeah, please. So we're gonna do this right off the hop. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna have the tank angst throughout this entire show. As far as I know, the sky is still above us. Yes, it's not falling. We're not gonna do this with every Hawks win because. It's getting to the point where it feels a bit like a straw man, where we're only arguing with a few people. The Hawks are still terrible. They still are going to have, in my opinion, the best chance to land Connor Bedard. Yes, every win stunts that opportunity potentially, but when you look at what could be coming in the next month or so, transaction-wise, this team, I believe, is and will continue to be the worst team in hockey. So we're not going to do the talking people off the ledge every time the Hawks win anymore. Because I think, frankly, it's not entertaining. It's repetitive. And we've been there before. We've been through it. And every time we go through it, after a couple days, we do the tank standings. And guess who's right at the top again? The The Blackhawks. So, there. That said. Yeah, look. They're still the worst team in the league. They've played 42 games. They have 12 wins. Yeah. Like, it, everything with the tank is fine, and we've talked about it on the show before. Out of the teams in the tank standings, they are the team set up to lose the most when it comes to the upcoming trade deadline. Right. Because you look at teams like Arizona and Columbus and even Philly, and there's they're not going to be selling off the kinds of parts that the Blackhawks probably will end up doing. So Yes. Just we can just that record that, and Stephen, instead of the countdown before every show, which I really <laughs> love, the jazzy little number we play, uh, we could just play that. 30 seconds of that every After time. every yeah, win, yeah, yeah just to sure. say we're not doing it, okay? Yeah. Um, the other thing, just a real quick extra qualifier is, yes, Conor Bedard is the ultimate prize, but it's not him and then no one in the draft. Adam Fantilli's really good. Matvey Mitchkov is really good. Leo Carlson's really good. It's going to be okay. Don't. I'm just saying, don't do this to yourself every time mm-hmm. your favorite hockey team wins. That's bad for your mental health. All right. Yeah. I love today's poll question. Uh, you stayed home from the game. Uh, you came here to watch the game while, while Greg and I were there. I was here. And we were having a very similar conversation there that you and I had when we got here. Mm-hmm. Would you be happy with the Hawks looking like the current Sabres team in three years? I answer that question, yes. 
Because what you're seeing is top draft picks starting to all come together at the same time to make a really good, exciting, young team. You've got two guys in Rasmus Dahlin and Owen Power who were no doubt number one overall picks in their drafts. Mm -hmm. It was them, like Bedard, and everybody else. And it's taken Dahlin until this year, really, to look like a star, star player. He turned a bit of a corner last year, but yeah, definitely this year is his breakout year for sure. Owen Power has not gotten there yet, right? No, but he's... He's playing well. Playing well. But he doesn't look like, oh my God, look at this guy's a franchise-changing kind of a guy yet. And he took an extra year. Yeah. He was he he went back to Michigan for a second year. So, uh, you know, there there is cases where a number 1 overall pick needs some extra time. Right. And I think it's, you know, in in hindsight, good decision by him and the Buffalo Sabres are probably uh, you know, appreciative of the extra time he got because now he's able to step in and he's not like the the um the analogy that, that you've made a number of times regarding a guy like Henry Yukihara where, you know, he looks like an NHL yeah. player, but he's barely hanging on by a thread to be that. Owen Power doesn't look like that. No. Uh, Yokohara is another one. A first-round pick that the Blackhawks gave up on and got Alex Nylander for. Oof, God, we, should take, we should take money from the jar for that. Yeah. Um, and you've also got Alex Tuck, who was acquired from Vegas when you traded Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. You've got Tage Thompson, who was a St. Louis Blues draft pick, and he's setting the league on fire. Savvy moves, good drafting, drafting at the top of the draft, and now you have the Buffalo Sabres, who are one of the league's up-and-coming and most exciting teams. Here, though, to me, is the primary difference, aside from Power and Darlene being defensemen, and whoever the Hawks picked this year likely being a forward. Um, Chicago is a free agent destination. You and I were talking about it. Like, what's the last big free agent that the Sabres signed? In a while. They traded for Jeff Skinner and then re-signed him after the trade? Massive contract. That's kind of it. Yeah, I, off the top of my head, I can't think of a, of a major free agent maybe in the last five, six, seven years that has gone to Buffalo and, and, and made a big difference. Again, they've been in a rebuild for an extended period of time, and I think a lot of that is due to previous uh, front office, poor asset management, poor, uh, you know, poor development and outlook. I think they've kind of they've turned a corner a, a bit in the last few, few years, and you're now seeing the benefits of that for this Buffalo team. Um, but I and, – and I talked about it. Uh, we talked about it during the third period here. As far as city for city, there's no question that Chicago is going to attract more, more more players as far as city amenities go than Buffalo. No disrespect to Buffalo, um, but hockey market Buffalo is is a market that even when the Sabers have been bad over these last few years, Sabers fans are still all out for their team, and I think that's a huge testament to. Sabres uh, Mafia. Absolutely. It's a huge, <laughs> t- huge testament to the, uh, to the fan base that, that they have. And now, you know, you're seeing the upswing of success that Buffalo is starting to have. And I, I think it's great. I think, you know, their fan base has definitely um, pounded the table for, you know, the, the, the team ownership front office to, to be better, to, you know, reward the fans more yeah. by by going out and, and, and making these changes. And I think they finally are, are seeing the benefits of that. So good for the Buffalo market. I, I, I think it's in, in the NHL realm as far as hockey markets. Buffalo's up there in the, in the top third, maybe even top 10. Um, and Chicago's obviously in there as well. So it's, I, I think as this team has success, Buffalo, they're going to become a little bit more of a destination. Yeah. Um, but Chicago, yeah, they inherently have a little bit more of a you know, players want to go there. Uh, Buffalo currently has $18 million in cap space. That's pretty good. Buyers at the trade. I'm going to suggest something that no one's ever suggested before. Patrick Kane to Buffalo. Oh, does he, he's from the area, right? Is he? I, I think I heard that on the pregame oh, show. I've never heard that before. Yeah, it's not common knowledge. Yeah. No one ever talks about that. Uh, Chris Chelios was unaware that Patrick Kane was from Buffalo. Yeah. So it's not that common of knowledge, well, but, um, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, they're, they're going to need cousins. To, who says no? Uh, probably Buffalo. 
But uh, they're they're going to be a team that is going to be buyers at the trade de- deadline, or at least they should be. Definitely capitalize on on this season, and then yeah, I think going into the next two free agent summers with the, the talent that's out there, I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo tries to, you know, really make a make a swing and 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 find that piece that helps put them over the top. It'd be so nice to have them be relevant again. They're one of those teams in hockey where I just think the game is cooler when they're good. Oh yeah, um, because of the intensity and the uh, you know the the rabidness of the fan base. Uh, great looking uniforms, cool history. Except for tonight, I don't like those uniforms. You don't like the all whites? No, I think they're so bad that they're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think as a setup, they look very crisp and clean. But then you put them on the ice, and it's all washed out. And I just think it looks bad. Yeah, they but they did bring back the 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 nineties and yeah. early two thousands red and black. Like was it Darlene that said they feel evil when they wear those? I think it might have been Darlene. Did, yeah. so one of the Sabres yeah. players said that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So anyway, I I really do think in two three years, you know, assuming the Hawks get a top two or three pick this year, which which seems is a good assumption, a good assumption. Yes. Um, <laughs> and if it's Bedard, maybe they'd even be beyond this place because you've got Korczynski in the pipeline, Allen, Del Mastro, uh, Isaac Phillips, who I thought looked fantastic today. Mm-hmm. Um, classic, classic, Regula. You've got all these guys who can kind of just find their way in, and then you'll draft more. You're probably going to draft a defenseman or two this year at some point. Probably. Right? Like second round, third round, whatever. Late in the first. Who knows where Sam Renzel is in in three years? Yeah. Like, he, you know, he's he's a guy that that we're looking at as a project but could be in the mix at that point. But you're starting to see how good drafting and savvy trades – can make a team go from, oh, my God, these guys are trash, to, hey, this team's pretty good, young, and exciting mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. And, look, we've seen from Kyle Davidson so far, and it's it's kind of hard to – this year is so strange, right? I think we'll probably get a better indication of Kyle Davidson as a GM um, this summer and next year, mm-hmm. where the goal will not be finished last because we all know that's what the goal is. Yeah, yeah. Next year, I don't think you're going to be all out tanking again. Reichel will be here. Some kids will be here playing full time. You know, they might sign a veteran to make them a little more competitive, whatever. And I think we'll see maybe some more like player transactions there. Um, but I want to see how he does in, in acquiring non picks. You know, Lafferty for Alex Nylander, that's a win. It's a win. You got Jason Dickinson for. Uh, Riley Stillman, Riley Stillman and a future second and a, round and a pick. second round pick that that worked out. Uh, you know, Hagel for Radish is not a wash, but you get two first round picks, so okay. Well, and you got Kachuk, but yeah, yeah. What's his name? Um, you know, so <laughs> yeah. we're seeing that he's creative and he's willing to make trades. I'd like to see him at this deadline, hopefully, bring in some established young players and and. And maybe established is a wrong word, but um, already drafted, already developing players. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking, I was talking to Greg during the game about, we were talking about the Dylan Cousins draft and Alex Turcotte is a guy who for LA has not really panned out. He's only played eight NHL games. He hasn't yeah. really been doing great at the AHL level. Maybe that's the kind of guy that needs to change the scenery. Not him specifically necessarily, it's but from the area, but things like that, that, you you know take some that's what Yokoharu was in the eyes of the Hawks like well it's not going to work here right here you go and now Yokoharu has become a really nice top four for the Sabers yeah yeah I think I think the Blackhawks could could take advantage of that I think Kyle Davidson um, could go that route uh, I I think though it in learning from the the previous uh, front office regime where it was reclamation project after reclamation project. I would tend to believe, given Kyle Davidson's track record of pretty much scrubbing the last front office off this team, um, that he might not go that route. He, that might have been one of, the, one of the ways in which he did not see the, did not align uh, with the vision of, of that front office. Um, I don't know. I don't have any, any you know, information to suggest yeah. that but that could be something that 
that he does. And maybe it is, you know, more of a belief in his own uh, drafting, his own farm system, uh, you know, getting getting the guys in and, and waiting for them to come along and kind of piecing together to kind of bridge the gap between now and then and three seasons from now what the roster could look like moves like a fantasy and domi yeah where you bring in guys on shorter term deals who are established as nhl players but it's not like it's not like you're going out there and getting you know the the 35 year old guy who just wants a one-year deal to get flipped to cup chase or anything like that like you're getting a guy who's who's in the meat of his career um i think that could be something that he does going into next summer and then the summer after. But I think especially that, that summer of 2024 where the free agent class, if, if the majority of the guys that are supposed to get there, get there, there's going to be a lot there. And maybe that's when he takes the, the bigger swing on trying to get a guy yeah. who, who can come in, have maybe an extended contract and be like, Hey, your cornerstone X, Y, Z of this rebuild now. And you usher well, in some of the younger guys look, behind him. I think that makes perfect sense. And when you look at the 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 Blackhawks dynasty, you know it was you brought in Marty Havlat to kind of bridge bridge the gap. And you thought maybe maybe he really gets really good and takes that next step, but he was always hurt and didn't really take that next step. Then when you're like, it's time to win now. There's Marion Hosa and Thomas Kapetsky and John Madden. We forget about. John Madden, how huge mm-hmm. of a move that was, right? There, there were so many other things aside from Hosa that made that team so great, exactly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think yeah. that idea is very sound where... And Brian Campbell, too. Because, look, like I think if Domi and Athanasiu, uh, and there has been some talk that Domi might stay or come back or whatever, either way, I think what they have wanted to get from this experience, especially Domi, I think it's worked for them. Oh yeah, they have sure. shown like, hey, look, like Domi's on pace for sixty points. You know, like he last can do he, it. Last time he did that was what four years ago. Yeah, like, and he's yeah. been uh, a uh, an asset in the locker room and on the ice. He's the team's leading scorer. He's you know he he's today was a tough game for him. He didn't score on a breakaway in overtime and completely gave a puck away at the blue line on a power play that led to a Sabers goal. But overall. Rough. He's been really, really solid, mm-hmm. and this is what he was looking for is, all right, look, I'm getting traded everywhere. No one really wants to commit to me. Here's an opportunity for me to play on a top line and show I can produce at this level, and now I think there's going to be a little more demand for him this summer. Yeah, or at least or at, at the deadline. Especially at the trade deadline. Yeah. I think there, I think contending teams would see him performing in, in the role that he's performing in now and think, hey, if we can carry that over and make him our th- put him on our third line, that's going to be a huge addition. Yeah. Uh, kind of like, you know, what, what Brandon Hagel uh, brought to the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was performing tremendously in a top top role yeah. for, the, for the Blackhawks and then went to Tampa where he was a, a third and fourth liner for that that season and now obviously has has developed a little bit long, uh, more into a more go-to guy for them. Um, but Domi could could bring that to a contending team in a, in a more minor role and be a huge asset to them. Um, as far as him coming back, I'm, you know, I'm not hundred percent sure, but yeah, I think Athanasio too, uh, maybe the points and goals aren't, aren't coming like he would expect, but he's, it seems like every night he's creating at least one, if not two chances, just even just individually right. using his speed, uh, to, to create scoring chances. And I think again, teams that want to be active at the deadline could look at that and say, Hey, we could put him in a third or fourth line role. Uh, as as a speed guy, as a you know, uh, individual chance creator, um, and if they want to spend a, a third or second round pick, even yeah. by all means, go for one it. One if you're you know, when you get to the playoffs, it's even playoff teams will will they'll lessen their ice time for their lower six. So you bring in a guy like Athanasio, you're down a goal late, you know. Then you add you maybe where you bury him a little bit when the game's a little more even, you get down late, you've got that weapon off the bench with the speed and with the hands and all that thing. Like, yeah, like those guys are going to have value at the deadline. And this is what we're sort of talking about as we, as we approach the deadline, we, as we look at the standings, everyone is keeping the Hawks in these games and and winning the ones here. Like most of them are likely not going to be here on March 3rd. 
Um, and if you missed it, we'll, we'll probably get more into this on tomorrow's show. We're on back tomorrow at two thirty. Uh, we'll, we'll have news from practice and everything. We'll probably get into what Taves and Kane had to say on the Blackhawks Talk podcast, but it doesn't feel like either guy is like, no, I'm staying. No. I, I don't but, know if either are for sure what they're doing, but there's no indication to me that they're, like, firm in staying here. No, and and I think both guys um, kind of left things a bit uh, still just kind of open-ended yeah. right Patrick Kane definitely uh felt like he was just kind of staying right down the line that he has all season where he's just he's he's seems like he's been very tight-lipped and and considerate of what he's saying publicly um Taze he opened up a bit more but again he didn't really say as much definitively one way or the other I think the biggest thing that stood out was he said like something to the effect of I can I can see myself being a Black Hawk for my career and retiring here, but I also see the opportunity for change for both the team and myself and how that could be a good thing too. So he kind of said like, I could see both things, but didn't sound committed to either. So yeah, I, I, that we can, we can expound on that more tomorrow. I think that would be a good time to do it, but I, I, I think it's, it's really going to come down to how those meetings go with, with those players and Kyle Davidson and Pat, Pat Persson and, those are expected to happen this month by all accounts. And what Kyle Davidson said that that'll happen in the next few weeks. So I think we're, we're hoping to get some closure on that, but I think that is going to be, you know, it's it's clear. Those are going to be the two biggest moves that, that this team could and should make uh, leading up to this deadline. If they, if, if the, if the guys want to go, Um, but then, yeah, like Domi, Athanasiu, Maybe Connor Murphy, maybe Connor Murphy or Jake McCabe, um, maybe even a guy like Dickinson might be might be on the move, you know, or or, or a Sam Lafferty. Like there's there's some players that you know nothing is is bolted down to the floor besides Jesus. That's a good Sorry. point. Uh, besides Seth Jones, um, there's really nothing bolted to the floor. So if teams want to come to the Blackhawks and 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 offer, you know. Uh, trade packages or, or whatever that that meet what Kyle Davidson wants from a player or entices him uh, beyond the value that the player is bringing to the team. There's no reason not 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 to go for it, and that's just each each cut at the roster makes this team that's already bad going to be worse. And yeah. I think also will hopefully allow for some some younger players to to elevate later in the season yeah uh, again we will get to this tomorrow but you tweeted thank you for doing the legwork on this this is from Taves with uh Charlie Romeliotis Uh, he says uh part of myself doesn't want to admit the situation and wants to continue being a Blackhawk and finish my career here same time part of me sees the writing on the wall team is trying to hit the reset button and maybe change for everybody is not such a bad thing so I don't know if either guy really knows what they're going to do yet. They yeah. might not honestly know. And no Roy's just rage says Davidson needs to say, give me three to five teams. If Taves and Kane want to help the Hawks out, give Davidson some leverage with a bidding war. He has said he's not going to go to them. He's going to wait to hear if they want to go. Now, he also said once Lucas Reichel's recalled, he's here <laughs> for good. So things change and plans right. change, right? And I do think it would be a bit negligent, even though... You could say, like, hey, you owe it to those guys to let them dictate how their career in Chicago ends, and I agree with that, but I do believe it would be, it would be negligent if neither guy says anything by the middle of February. He doesn't go, hey, uh, have you thought about maybe uh, moving on? Yeah. You know, I think, I think he does at some point have to kind of initiate. Like, we keep hearing January, January, January. They're going to talk. They're going to talk. It's January 17th. And apparently that discussion hasn't quite happened yet. Yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it, they they have until, you know, March 2nd, really, to have this meeting. But, yeah, I, I think that the sooner the better. Um, but I, I feel like once those meetings happen, that information will obviously be public. Uh, there's, there's no way that those meetings are going to happen and no one's going to know about them. Um, but I think that those will be some because this isn't you're not take you're these guys are not taking this lightly. Kyle Davidson's not taking this lightly. Um, Blackhawks fans are not taking this lightly. Like the the future of those guys are 
it's been the it's been the story ever since the summer. Yeah. So I feel like when when those guys sit down and have their meeting, I think they're gonna they're gonna hammer out everything that needs to be hammered out. And if you know, if, if Kyle Davidson talks to them and, and, and they say, you know what, we like Luke Richardson, we like you know, we'd we'd like to ride this out, see what the rest of the season does, see what happens in the summer. We'll revisit it in June or July or whatever. That could be an option. I don't see where Kyle Davidson would say, no, get out of here. And if they say, you know what, we've, we've seen enough, we're ready to move on, Kyle Davidson will be very happy to, to uh, oblige them. Yeah. Uh, comment from Gunzo right above there, uh, Stephen, right above Allen. He says it's not the player's job to initiate. An experienced GM would strike first. They have. I, I agree with that. If we're talking in generalities. Contractually. It, yes. But this is Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Gunzo, think of it as Bobby Hull and Stan Mikita. Okay? Sure. Like, those guys are a different level to this franchise than Sam Lafferty or Max Domi or even Seth Jones or whoever. Yeah. It's a different thing with those two guys specifically. Mm -hmm. So, yes, in general, this would not be how it goes. But because of what those two have accomplished, because they're going to have their jerseys retired, because they're going to be iconic Blackhawks for the next century of Blackhawks hockey, yes, they get special treatment, and that's the right thing to do. Uh, Daly Boy 247 says, Taves half retained for Turcotte. Friedman said Kings need a third-line center. We can send a second or third with. There's no way I'm giving them Taves and a second or a third for Alex Turcotte. It's going to oh. take a lot more for that for Jonathan Taves for me. I'm not sending no. anything back. If you want to do a one-for-one, one, even that's not enough for me. No, Turcotte's played eight games and has not done much in the minors at all. And um, but yeah, yeah, I as, need more as, than that. Yeah, on that, <laughs> on that player specifically, I loved Alex Turcotte in his draft year. I wanted him to be selected uh, by the Blackhawks, um, but he has had two, at least two, major concussion issues. And as a tw what twenty-one year old now, I think he is twenty twenty-one. Like, oof, that's 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 tough. And yeah, his production at at the NHL and AHL level haven't been, you know, the, to the standards that a fourth overall pick you'd like to see. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm not really entertaining that unless you're getting much more in return for Jonathan Taze. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Greg is standing by, but first we're going to tell you about some meat and give you our DraftKings king of the game. Yeah. Uh, Green Ridge Farm, they have the meats. Uh, I, actually, I don't think that's their I think that's, that's their else. slogan. That might be somebody else. And that place doesn't have ham, so they don't have the meats, do they? That's true. Not all of them. Pud but Green wax. Ridge Farm, everything that you could want out of a meat provider, they can provide it. They are a local Chicago meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option, makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and, of course, the famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hours, school lunches. The meat sticks are all-natural and hardwood smoked for eight hours. They are packed with 16 grams of protein per stick, making them a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in different varieties like chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. Haven't tried them yet. You don't know what you're missing out. They are delicious, obviously, because they are made from recipes, generations in the makings, and of course, being all natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerated sections of your local Costco or Sam's Club or Chicagoland grocery store of choice uh, right now. When you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com, if you include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those are going to be free when you use the promo code CHGO at checkout. Again, that's CHGO at checkout at GreenRidgeFarm.com. Get yourself some tasty meats, some tasty meat sticks. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. That's I, their tagline. And I, I have like a that meat better. story. A meat story. Remember I talked about the Caminito ham last week, the Green Ridge Farm, so I got some more of it. Yeah. I made myself a sandwich. And uh, I'm like, wow, it's a little like chewier than usual. I think I ate the paper, <laughs> the deli paper that they put. Like, no. you know, they cut your they cut your meat and then <laughs> yeah. they fold it into the paper and put it in the bag. I think I I think I ate. It, I was it must so have been pretty good for you oh, to keep going. I, I didn't care. I was so into the ham that I was like, oh, whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I ate the paper. From oh my the, god! Uh, is, Green Ridge so Farm is ham. it? They don't. Is it every slice? 
I paper get on it because I there's something about that that just the, the little things in life that just irritate the hell out of you. When I get deli meat that's cut and it's like every slice is pa- like meat, paper, meat, oh, paper, yeah. meat, they paper. Oh, yeah. They do it with cheese a lot Ooh. so it doesn't melt together. It's mm, um, grinds my gear. No, well, I, uh, there's no, there's no way to say this without people snickering, but I get my meat shaved. Um, so it's not like slice, slice, slice. It's more of like kind of clumped. So I just pull like pieces off and put on a set. I know. Sure. There's no way to say I shave my meat without... Yeah, that's that's, you know. that, that's a former sponsor of ours. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, I just can't do it. All right, we've got the DraftKings King of the Game to give you, and uh, you're never going to guess it was Seth Jones, and we haven't Seth really Jones? got it in um, to Seth Jones's game. He Big game was the least had the least ice time among defensemen after the first period, and he still managed to finish a minus two. I think whatever message <laughs> um, Luke Richardson was trying to send. Seth received end of the game. Yeah, two goals and assist, three points. Twenty three fifty two of ice time, four shots on goal, five more shot attempts, three hits, and two block shots. That is a nine and a half million dollar defenseman. Now, can you do that every night? That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. <laughs> or maybe every other night, or every yeah. third night even. Yeah. Um. But this is the Seth Jones at his peak, and whatever happened in the first. We're not sure, but uh, boy, he really responded mm-hmm. with an excellent uh, rest of the game. So Seth Jones is our DraftKings king of the game, and the NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57, and for the NFL divisional round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Listen to that again. Bet 5 and get 200 in free bets instantly as soon as you make the bet. Not about winning or losing that one. It's 200 automatically as soon as you place that $5 bet. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. It's going to be an awesome weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, I'm really glad Tom Brady's out. Yeah, I'd like to apologize to all of our DraftKings betters. The uh, pick of the week last week uh, told you to take the Buccaneers. Sorry. I did. It's that. okay. I forgive you. Hey, look, you know, I, I, I put in a call to Brett Maher and told him, hey, if you can take this game as much as possible, uh, do do your best. And, and he tried, but, uh, you know, Cowboys just scored too many times. Yeah, well, now we just have a whole offseason of, is he coming back or not? I don't care. Go away. Leave me alone. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the code CHGO, and new customers will get uh, 200 in in free bets instantly when they bet 5 bucks. only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details, and let's go out to the United Center to bring in one half of Greg Boyson's face. There you are. There he is. Hi, Greg. Hey there. I'm still getting used to the vertical rectangle. I'm used to the bubble where I can kind of... You're voguing at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, did Luke say anything about Seth Jones's first period? Uh, he mentioned that both he and Jake McCabe had a bad first period, um, but he knew that those are the type of players that are going to take that personally. He didn't say that he said anything to him. I don't think he has to. Those are two guys that kind of know when when they uh, when when they're not doing great. And then he credited him with, with coming back and having, you know, leading charge. And, you know, we talk about the, the two goals and, and the assist, you know, and the assist. He's got uh, three goals, nine points in his last six games. So maybe we're finally seeing that consistent offensive producer that we've been waiting for. But here's a play that goes unlooked or overlooked after all the excitement at the end of the game. Uh, second period, Peter Morazic drifts way out beyond the dots to go get a, uh, or was it the third period? Third period, early third, third period. Morazic yeah. goes out beyond the dots to play a puck and immediately turns it over. And there's Seth Jones in front of the net keeping that puck out. If he doesn't make that defensive play, it doesn't matter. Like So that's a play that gets forgotten. Scored yeah. two goals. There's your all-star, ladies and gentlemen. A 1,000 save percentage. He made that so calmly, too. That's the sort of thing that I would F up absolutely <laughs> because it's coming at you kind of slow, and you're like, I have to play this perfectly, or it's going to be a goal. 
I would just lay down on the ground <laughs> <laughs> because it's the only way I'm guaranteed. But yeah, he made it cleanly, and it, boy, he really played a great last 40 minutes, and especially a great last 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good to see Seth Jones. And I, you know, I like like you said, Luke didn't have to say anything. The the ice time is the message, oh, right? Yeah. And he oh, yeah. played like five something of the first period. Less than six minutes. Yeah, like mm-hmm. Seth. Seth got it. He heard it. Uh, and we got a, a super chat here from No Rage Just Roids. It's all very confusing. We don't need whatever. Okay, thanks for the five bucks. He says Seth Jones has nine points in his past six games. What will it take for his haters to embrace him? I well, that's what haters that's are. The nine and a half million dollar question. Yeah, I mean, it's just maybe if he has three points every night. Uh, they will. They no, will stop. Somebody. But. Somebody will still bitch and moan. It's what. It's what the. It's why Al Gore invented the internet so people can be consistently <laughs> negative. That's right. And share pornography with each other. Well, that I approve. <laughs> exactly. So we've spent the first part of the show, Greg, not really uh, discussing the game so much as the big picture. We're so conditioned po- to not. Yeah. <laughs> in our in our poll question tonight, and we'll have you chime in on this too, is would you be happy with the Blackhawks looking like the current Sabres team in three years? So far, the votes are yes, 66%, and no, 34%. Uh, three years from now, if the Hawks look like this Buffalo Sabres team, how would you feel about that? I'd be very happy because the Buffalo Sabres are goaltending, a, a, a legit goaltender away from being uh, a threat. They can score goals. Uh, they play, as, as uh, Luke Richardson said, a little loosey-goosey uh, for his liking. But they have, listen, they have Tej Thompson, who is a monster. They have Alex Tuck, who's developing into the player that, that, that two other teams thought he was going to be and gave up on him early. Uh, they've got some great young players. Dylan Cousins was super impressive tonight. He is might have been the fastest guy on the ice all night long. They've got a core of talented young players. And you got Rasmus Dahlin on the back end, who, keep this in mind, Blackhawk fans, when Kevin Korchinski gets here in a couple years, it took Rasmus Dahlin three full seasons in the NHL to become a star, to become worthy of being picked number one overall. So just remember that. And then you got Owen Power, who's another former number one overall pick, who's taking his time. But I don't have I don't have many doubts so that he's going to get there too. So if you have if we have what Buffalo has right now in three years, I'm a big fan of that. Go and then hey, but here you know if Drew Camezzo develops like we're hoping he does, then we have the goaltender that Buffalo's still looking for now. Uko Pekka Lukanen, I love that name. Um, he might still be the guy. He's probably going to be their number one go-to guy by the end of the season because, I mean, you can't really think you're going to make a serious run of the playoffs with Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson as your goalies, do you? The Rochester Americans could, but I don't think the Buffalo Sabres could. Yeah, so but, I, if, if the Hawks are, are – the, the the Sabres are right there for a playoff spot, uh, and they're one of the top-scoring teams in the league. Hell yes, give me that in three to four years. Yeah, and, and Buffalo, as far as goaltending goes, like you said, they have Lukanen. They also have Devin Levi, who's arguably one of the best goaltenders in the NCAA uh, in their pipeline. And they also have uh, Eric Portillo uh, mm. at, at Michigan. I like and him. We can, today there were reports that he may test the free agents. I was just going to say, if, if you if you paid attention uh, a few days ago, Jeff Merrick was saying that uh, – Portillo may end up uh, testing the free agent market. And look, like, if I'm the Blackhawks, you know. You can never have too if much. You can, if you can get a young goaltender who could maybe jump right into your pro pro system right away, and it's think of not the a bad idea. alone for a goaltender named Portillo in Chicago. It's just, yeah, it's. It's good to be true. It's, it's, it's made in the stars and the sauce. Oh, sorry. I'm ordering Portillo's right now. <laughs> um, sorry, I, I was not paying attention. Um, no, look, that, those are in. In, I'm I'm excited for what this team could look like in three years, based on what they have now, without even really considering what's coming in this mm-hmm. draft. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's when you you take a step back, and you think about the things we've heard and seen so far from the Hawks' top prospects. Korchinski and and we haven't seen Nazar yet, but from what the expectation is and how really good 
Ethan Del Mastro has been for Canada, and Nolan Allen is really starting to solidify himself as a solid defender. All these things, and then you add on what they're going to get this year, it is exciting. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, if if it pans out that in two three years they're a, they're a competitive team, maybe not a playoff team, but a team that's exciting and fun to watch every night, like the Sabers are. Hell yes, yeah. sign me up for that. Yeah. I'd rather be the Buffalo Sabres right now than the Detroit Red Wings, who everybody was like, hey, look at all those veterans. They're going to make a playoff, and they, they kind of suck. That's surprising. I'm I, the, the, the the Red Wings thing is weird to me, but we can talk about them some other time. Well, they uh, they did goal, just they lose, by the way. Yeah. Well, they did lose. Ottawa, yeah, they lost Ottawa. in a shootout just now to the Coyotes. Coyotes yeah, won. Hey. So, Go Yotes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We also have not mentioned uh, Philip Kurashev in this game. Mm-hmm. And perhaps his best game is a pro when you put the whole thing together he was freaking everywhere in this yeah. game uh just setting up connor murphy that pass to set up murphy's goal was sick you know through multiple players from the left wing boards to the right side of the slot connor murphy of all people like reading the play and pinching <laughs> in and then you know wristing one uh over craig anderson like that play was beautiful and you're starting to see like for a year, and this is another thing as we talk about prospect development. We've seen those hints from Kurashev here and there. Early in the season, had a really good start, then sort of tapered off. Then you'll see these flashes here and there. I think recently, his consistency has has started going up, up, up more. You know, it's it's becoming more common mm-hmm. where the arrows pointed up instead of going peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. He's another one that two, three years from now could be a completely different player. And I really liked what I saw from him. You could see the confidence he's feeling uh, on this team, on that line. Uh, I oh, really yeah. like Kurashev's game in this one, too. That that line with Kurashev, Taze, and Radish were, was the best Blackhawks uh, forward trio that they had this uh, tonight, and he was, a, he was a huge part of it. And, yeah, I think, you know, we, we've talked about it uh, a lot this season with Kurashev. It's just he just needed the consistent role to be defined for him. And... That, that confidence and that consistency can can do a lot for a young player. And, and uh, yeah, tonight was one of his best performances. I'm looking at the stat card for this game uh, from our blue line people. Ah, yes. Um, but this is just the game score. The highest-rated player in this game, Henry Okaharyu, with a 3.39. Philip Kurashev was second with a 2.91. Owen Power, 2.86. And then it was Seth Jones, 1.86. So our eyes are not deceiving us. <laughs> Those two guys were the most effective Blackhawks, uh, and it's not really super close otherwise. Um, I'm, not, I'm not, not 100% sure what those numbers mean, but here's some numbers that will prove that that was the best line out there by far. Uh, at 5-on-5 five five in regulation, that line had 17 shot attempts. The other three lines combined for 18 total. Uh, yeah. And only six from the top line of Johnson, Domi, and Kane. So... There you go. They were phenomenal. Philip Kurashev was driving that line. Uh, super happy for Kurashev. And he made me look really good because uh, this morning I was on nine good minutes with uh, Larry Hawley from WGN. And he asked me who on this current roster is a guy that will be here when the games matter again. And I told him all about Philip Kurashev. And he made me look smart for a change of pace. <laughs> so thank you, Philip, for making me look like I know what I'm talking about. Perfect timing. Yeah, he 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 definitely stood out, uh, and I, I just you know when you look at his skill set, uh, that's the sort of guy when you look at a contender, I get strong Michael Froelich vibes from him. Maybe not that strong defensively, probably a little more offensive upside, mm-hmm. but in terms of kind of a, um, I don't want to say stout, but like bottom heavy, you know, big powerful legs, not the biggest guy in the world, but a heavy skater a guy that can defend, a guy that can score, and the sort of guy, like, as you're building a contender that would bring value to really any team yeah, and can play and, hey, you need me on the top six because so-and-so is hurt, I can fill in there. But more often than not, on a contender, you'll see Kurashev on a third or fourth line adding some some depth scoring and, and, and some uh, some two-way play. I really like him, and I, I, I'm, I'm really excited – that he is making this step this year because you knew this was going to be his best opportunity to show Luke Richardson and Kyle Davidson and everybody what he has. The opportunity he's getting on that line, the production he's putting up, 
It's been great for him, and I'm really happy for him because it's a kid who worked his ass off. Yeah. You know, played in Rockford, grew, kind of got jerked around last year with Cowden, and even Derek King said, eh, I probably could have been a little better yeah. with Kurashev. So to see him come out the other side of this so successfully is is wonderful. I love it. As uh, the Lebowski 5 says, he's kind of a Froelich versus Stieg kind of combination. I like that. Hybrid. Yeah, I can see that. I, I see the Verstegen in him a little bit. Now, now this comment, I'm going to preface it, preface it, is coming from a guy that owns a 32 Verstegen jersey with a 2010 Stanley <laughs> Cup final patch on it. Philip Kershev is a much smarter hockey player than Chris Verstegen ever was. I love Chris Verstegen, but every, every game, every game, he made you swear at your television at least once <laughs> for just doing a boneheaded play. Yeah, so Kershaw he was good. Have that in him. <laughs> he was good for the for the every game scream. Uh, Marcus Kruger was good to get destroyed once a game. Uh, th- these are things we can reminisce about in the off season. Like what was yeah. the every game instance with Hawks players? Because oh my God, Marcus Kruger would just get railed once per game. We were like, oh, he's dead. We're gonna have to get the shovel for Marcus Kruger. Hey, I I always used get to joke. Thank shovel. God Marcus Kruger wasn't built at an IKEA because he would have retired a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else uh, interesting from uh, the players uh, or Luke speaking after the game? Who who is who is available? I bet everybody uh, today. <laughs> well, no, surprisingly, we we got Seth Jones and uh, uh, Philip Kershev begrudgingly came out. Uh, he he hates media, uh, but he did, he did a good job. And and Peter Mraz came out at the very end, but I I, I was already walking out of the room. He kind of snuck out there when half the uh, beat had left so but and and good job for Peter Morazic a real nice bounce back game for him after giving up five goals uh, or four goals on five shots whatever it was against Seattle as of yesterday he wasn't even supposed to be the starter tonight so he came out and he played well tonight you know and good for him you want to see a, a good bounce back from a veteran and uh but not a lot, you know, not a lot. We heard the music going and the shouting as we were waiting to go in the room, and then it's amazing how empty and quiet it gets the second they open that door. But uh, <laughs> nothing, nothing earth-shattering. You know, Seth was was saying that it's, it's, it's always great when the defensemen can, can chip in offensively and three out of the four goals coming from defense. And he gave credit to Tyler Johnson for the game-tying goal, says that puck doesn't go in if Johnson's not at the front of the net. So, uh, you know, he, he says all the right things and he, and he wants to, uh, to uh, you know, be more aggressive and shoot more. And we're seeing that over the last five or six games. So hopefully he can keep that going and, and become that, that elite two-way defender the Blackhawks were hoping he was going to be when they acquired him. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Seth being more aggressive is, is definitely uh, to his benefit. Uh, there was a point in tonight's game where I think it might have been second period. He came down on a three-on-two down the middle and had a wide-open lane and passed it. And Steven was here with me watching the game, and I was just beside myself because in 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 a season where wins and losses are not the the main objective, you still want to see your top players play well yeah. and play up to their up to their standards. And on a play like that, I'm just like Seth, shoot the freaking puck. Made up for it, but but yeah, I, I think him being more aggressive will will do him wonders, and any this team needs to be more aggressive. Yeah, you know, well, offensively, and 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 I think we saw it in the three games where Patrick Kane wasn't around, where more guys they took, knew it took a little bit more of that chance to to be a bit more individually aggressive. So, yeah, good for Seth to uh, to to eventually get the message and uh, put put it all together in crunch time. I just think too in general. You look at the game against Seattle, and, I mean, they're already the, among the worst in hockey, but that could be the sort of thing that just really screws morale and screws any sort of effort. And it could have been really easy for the Hawks to just say, well, you know, that's it. You know, Reichel sent down. We just got crushed at home. Our goalies suck. There's no hope for us. We're going to ho-hum our way through the rest of the season. And to come out in this game. Sounds like our chat. And the, yeah, right. And they come out in this game and look, they get out to a lead. They're playing well. They're playing hard. Greg, you and I were talking about it. They're finishing every check. They're making a point of it. They get down three to one. And it definitely could have, like, they had every excuse to just fold up the tents and just play out the rest of the game and go home. But they battled and battled and battled and came back. And as we look at, you know, you're talking about 
you want to see how the star players do even in a bad year. You want to see how players respond to the coach Mm -hmm. in a bad year. And Luke Richardson, instead of going ballistic and bag skating the Hawks the other day, he said, we're not even going to watch this effing tape. It's not happening. This game is, we will never speak of it again. It is he who shall not be named the game. Uh, You know, we're never discussing it again. Let's go out and have a hard competitive practice. It's not a punishment, but a reminder of what it takes to win in this league. And they came out against a good team and, and came back down three to one. I think it's impressive. And I think that's a little thing that Luke Richardson should probably get a little bit of credit for here is that we're most other coaches in this league would have lost their effing minds after that mm-hmm. Seattle game. Sure. He did not. He kept us cool. He thought about how, like, what was the right way to respond. He didn't just respond, right? Um, he thought about what's the, here's a Here's a weird aside. When I was a kid, I was being a complete jerk. I was probably eight or nine. And my dad, like, pulled me out of where we were. We were at my old school. Like, it was like an open gym. My dad pulled me out of the car, put me in the car, and said, we're going home. And he sat quietly in the car the whole way home and said, go up in your room and wait for me. And I'm like, well, I'm dead. I am going to get murdered. My dad, I've never seen my dad this mad. It's been a good run, So eight, eight nine years. My dad gives himself 10 minutes to chill out, and he comes up and he said, what you did today was unacceptable, and I don't want to see it again. And I was like, this is now, you know, 35 years later, and I still remember that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's a weird, but I just can't no, think about that. Like, he took that time to say, what is the right way to handle this? I can go up there and hit him with the wooden spoon or spank him on the ass or whatever, or ground time. him or scare him or whatever. But I think what's going to be more impactful right now is the I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm disappointed, mm-hmm. and it did. It stuck with me. Yeah. That and I think the players, you know, is making them skate till they puke. Going to make them play harder against the Sabers? No. Maybe out of fear, and maybe it lasts a game or two, but it doesn't have an impact in the long haul, right? That's why yeah. coaches like John Tortorella are almost gone. And we'll get into that again tomorrow. There's some John Tortorella stuff going around tonight that we're well, going to get I, into I, tomorrow as well. I got a thought. I got a thought on that before we leave. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, it's yeah. just it just doesn't work anymore. And I I'm really impressed with Luke's uh, handling of the Seattle game. It, I well, think Luke, he handled it brilliantly, and he got a result tonight. Luke said that he was he thought he said tonight he thought that the fact that they outscored Seattle four to two in the Second, you know, in the 40 minutes after the first period kind of led a little them feeling better about the whole thing and then credited the team for not giving up tonight. They said they really wanted this one, you know, back the first. This was the exact opposite of what happened when the Hawks were in Buffalo in October. If you remember, I mean, it feels like that was 20 years ago, but it was only two and a half months ago, three months ago, where the Hawks took a third three one lead into the third period in Buffalo and lost four three in overtimes. And Luke said that that was on their that was on their brains tonight. They thought about that and they flipped the table. Seth Jones mentioned that regardless of what the expectations are or what the results have been, every player in that locker room plays for pride every night, and that's what they did tonight. Well, yep. and and we've discussed this a little bit too. And when you look at the kind of guys that Kyle Davidson brought in for this team, character, hustle. You know, mm-hmm. Colin Blackwell is like this Blackhawk season in player form where they try really hard and they fall down, right? Like that, <laughs> where they, they go for a hit and they he bang, re- bang really themselves is. into the glass. But you know, throw in their stick. You <laughs> know that Colin Blackwell is going to give you everything he's yeah. got every shift. Skate his ass you off know every game. Sam Lafferty's going to do that. You know that Jake McCabe's going to do that. You know, up and down this roster, it's full of character mm-hmm. because character is what it takes to get through 82 games as the worst roster in hockey. Yep. And the fact that we're at the 42 game mark right now and this team has not absolutely quit, knowing that Taves and Kane and Domi and Athanasiu and maybe Murphy and maybe McCabe and maybe Stalock are all potentially gone. That I think that speaks volumes to the characters of the dudes on this team and the coach. Yeah, I, the the way that game forty one went uh, could have easily been 
game 42 is the point where the season is over. Right. And, yep. and yes, this season is not have high expectations at all. But Luke Richardson, after, after the Kraken loss, really set the tone for his team and said, look, like we, we cannot just show up or we, we can't have games where we don't show up to work. Right. That can't be acceptable. And I think he, he really set down the, the, the tone and, and the kind of locker room culture that I think Luke uh, Richardson, he definitely wants to set as a, as a head coach and what Kyle Davidson wants to set for this team. And, and the, I think that goes hand in hand with why he was brought in. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think he really did have the I'm not mad, I'm disappointed in you kind of, you know, fatherly uh, response to that game, and and this this team could have easily packed it in and said, you know what, the, the second forty one, they're not gonna, it, 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 we're not gonna care. We just got the uh, doors blown off, and they came out and and they they responded, and that's when we talk about setting a culture for the future. It's it's things like that that matter this season that will carry over into next season and the season after, and then when this roster is full of guys who are going to be expected to be the roster that competes for the playoffs, competes for Stanley Cups, that tone will be set and will be ingrained in the locker room. Yep, no doubt. All right, let's do our four stars of the game so Greg can go home. Please. The three stars in this one, uh, number three star, Connor Murphy with a goal, 20 minutes and 29 seconds of ice time and four block shots. His fourth goal of the season. He only has two assists, which I think is amazing. Philip Kurashev, your number two star, he had a goal, two assists, a plus three, 20, 25 of ice time, two shots, two more shot attempts, and three takeaways. And here's Seth Jones, two goals, an assist, 23, 52 of ice time, four shots, five more shot attempts, Three hits and two block shots. That is your number one star of the game. Uh, my four star is going to Isaac Phillips. Uh, not uh, much of an impact on the score sheet in this one, but played 18-33 of ice time, had two shots on goal, had three more shot attempts, had two hits, a takeaway, and a block shot, and we saw it again. Isaac Phillips with the give and go, giving it to the winger, breaking through the offensive zone, calling for the puck, I love the way Isaac Phillips is playing lately. Uh, he looks fast. He looks decisive. He's physical, and he's feeling himself offensively. I really like his last three, four, five games in a row. So Isaac Phillips, the, the spirit of the four-star of the game <laughs> is that unsung dude. Isaac Phillips was that unsung dude in this game. He was terrific again. And, uh, man, I cannot wait to watch this kid's career. I really can. He, he's been so, so good. Yeah, when we were when we were talking about the comparisons between the Sabers now and what we could hope the Blackhawks could be in the next few seasons, Isaac Phillips was part of that discussion. And you know, we looked at the Sabers' top four defensemen. They're all twenty three and younger. They're all like got young guys that were brought in through high draft picks. And when you look at what the Blackhawks could be in three years, you could be talking about a top four that includes Kevin Korchinski, Ethan Del Mastro, Nolan Allen, Isaac Phillips. Like, that gets me a little excited. And, yes, I know Seth Jones will be there, but maybe he'll be pushed down the, the lineup a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that that is when we talk about where this team could be, all of those guys being in their early 20s, being NHL competent, like, that's a big deal. And I, I, I think this was another example of Isaac Phillips really solidifying himself as, like, one of the – young and upcoming defensemen that Blackhawks fans should really be getting excited about. Greg? Uh, that, that, that is all very true and exciting. Uh, and uh, it's a good comparison to what the Sabres have right now. But I'm going to give my four-star to the captain, Jonathan Taves, who was part of that great line tonight. Yeah, he, didn't, he only had one shot attempt, but he had the assist on the opening goal, and he got that assist because he beat two Sabres to the puck along the boards, won a board battle. He was doing a lot of little things. It's back-to-back -back games with a point for, for Taves now after we had kind of been like, hey, these last eight or nine games haven't been great. Where has he been? He's been invisible. He's, he's found the score sheet in back-to-back -back games, and he won 10 of 11 face-offs tonight. So when you're on a line that's dominating the game, you want the puck. 
he did his job tonight. So Jonathan Taves gets my four star. Yeah, love to see those games for him. Uh, my four star of the night was on Jonathan Taves' line. It was Taylor Radish. Uh, according to uh, Natural Stat Trick, Taylor Radish led the team uh, to the, in today's game with individual expected goals at a .59 uh, click, which is very good. On the uh, blue line chart, he was third behind Philip Kurashev and Seth Jones. Uh, and as you know, blue lines don't lie. Uh, Taylor Radish was was very uh, uh, very noticeable tonight. Uh, part of the, the the best forward line that the Blackhawks had. Uh, got an assist, so he got on the score sheet, which is always great. And you know he's he's really been one of the uh, lesser propped up Blackhawks that really I I could I could look at and say you know what he could definitely play a role on a, on a, on a contending team in a, yeah. in a couple of years. He's not going to be in your top six, but he could be a competent third liner um, and 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 be a guy that could provide some depth scoring. He's he's got you know. A little bit of a, of a physical game to him as well. Like I, I, he's not a defensive stalwart, but he's he's definitely somebody who I could see uh, making uh, making some room for himself on this roster down the road. Love it. Sure. Yeah, but he uh, that's a guy we're not talking enough about. Um, Second on the should. team in goals. Yeah, we should start talking about him more. I, I really think so. So all right, Greg, we're gonna let you go. Thanks for uh, thanks for being there. Thanks for hanging out, and we'll get you uh, touch you tomorrow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you want to say something about Wackington? And, and this this may piss off the stick to sports people, but I don't give a rat's ass because we are allowed at CHGO to speak our minds. And I just wanted to say how disgusted and ashamed of the Philadelphia Flyers and John Tortorella I am right now. Not unshockingly. But this is a guy that says uh, a couple years ago he would bench any player that takes a knee during the national anthem, but he has no problem dressing a homophobe on his team on Pride Night. F you, John Tortorella, and the Philadelphia Flyers. That's who the Blackhawks play on Thursday, and I hope they beat them 200 to nothing. Ivan Provorov, you're an embarrassment and a joke. LGBT community, I'm your ally. I will stand up for you going forward, you know, to the end of time. Screw the Flyers. Yeah, Thursday's game should be uh, should be fun. I really I I, I uh, echo Greg's message. I hope they bury the Flyers. Screw the tank Thursday night. I hope they bury him. Yep, absolutely. Um, no room for pudwax or homophobes anywhere. Um, and people that hide behind religion for their hate uh, can, yeah, well, can can and will if you believe in those things burn in hell. Well, you know what? Uh, <laughs> Ivan Provorov's religion also says you you uh, is, has a ban against premarital sex. So I hope he's a virgin. Otherwise, you just can't pick and choose what part of your beliefs you want to be outraged over. Screw him. Yep. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks right, for guys. saying it. Thanks for the reminder. And yeah. the Combat Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve save money and energy. Comet offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Within three to four weeks, Customers will receive a, a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today. For energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash powering biz and if you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment call them at 855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a comed energy efficiency program representative email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment and if you're saving money on your energy bills then that means you have more money to go out golf and look good while you're doing it and to look good while you're doing it, head over to our friends at Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO and the presenting sponsor of the Big Drive Energy Golf Podcast on the All City Network. 
Pins and Aces specializes in their amazing polos, hats, golf bags that can be customized to your liking, and of course, the beer sleeve, the product that goes right into your bag and can store up to seven beers in your bag and keep them cold the entire round. That is something every golf fan should definitely uh, have in their bag right next to their three wood. Check out pinsandaces.com. And when you do, use the promo code CHGO to get 15% off of your first order. And when you do that, you're also going to get free shipping on that order as well. Again, that's pinsandaces.com for all of your golf, golf apparel needs. All right, before we wrap up, we're going to update the tank standings uh, and give it. We got three spins today. But if you want to smash that like button, we've got 71, which hey. is outstanding. Let's get to 80 before the show wraps up. Let's get to That would 80. be great. All right, the tank standings as they stand right now, Columbus at the top with 28 points in 44 games. The Hawks second with 28 points in 42 games. Anaheim with 29 points in 45 games. Arizona, 33 points in 44 and 35 and 45 for the Sharks. We're going to go to tankathon.com. They uh, calculate these through win percentage, so they actually have the Hawks as third uh, points per game percentage, rather. Um, so on Tankathon, the Hawks are third. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to give that wheel three spins today, unless unless they hit it, they hit the number one pick, and then we bank those other spins. So let's give it a spin, Stephen. Oh boy, Arizona, Philly, five. Columbus, Anaheim, Chicago. Hey, screw no. f- we just said screw Philly. Get get out of here. Yeah, get Philly, out of here. we could just erase them. All right, fifth All right. pick. Two more. Let's Will go. Will Smith, come on down. Hey, that's better. All right, Vancouver, Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim, Arizona. Vancouver gets their hometown Connor Bedard, and Chicago gets Adam Fantilli. I can live with that. That's uh, that's all right. That's a win. It's okay. All right, one more here before we wrap up. Arizona, Montreal, <laughs> Columbus, Anaheim, Chicago. So everyone on the ledge will remain on the ledge until the Hawks <laughs> lose their next game. Listen, I the, the, the winning percentage on Tankathon has got to be far less than what their actual probability odds have ever been. Right. So good thing that Tankathon is not the end-all be-all of the ping-pong balls. That's correct. Also, it's not rigged by the NHL to give the team that would be the best for the league the first overall pick. Yeah. What? Just saying. All right, we're going to wrap things up. We are back tomorrow at 2.30. Hawks practice at 11.30 tomorrow. Um, So it'll be a little bit of a tighter run from fifth third to here but we'll be fine we'll just have to get a quicker lunch that's all um so <laughs> we'll, we'll talk good. to you at 2 30 thanks everybody for tuning in uh it's great to see these huge numbers after uh after a game halfway through a really really bad hockey season yeah, appreciate all you uh, guys yeah if you've not done it already please smash that like button on the youtube channel and uh make sure if you're listening on the podcast you are subscribed and if you can leave us a five-star review on either apple podcasts or spotify It'd be super super helpful if you did that for us, it literally takes 30 seconds and it goes a really long way uh, to help us out. So we'd appreciate it if you could do that. Thanks to Steven for running the show. Thanks to Greg for jumping on from the UC Ooh, for reminder. Mario. Oh, what? what? Reminder for those that may not have heard, February 10th is oh, our yes. CHGO Blackhawks takeover day. So save the date. Details are being hammered out as we speak. Uh, and when those are finalized, you will be the first to know. Uh, but yeah, February it's 10th. Happening. It is happening. It's a Friday night game against the Yotes, so should be a good time. Uh, diehards, you get a uh, discount on your ticket to the takeover, so if you're not a diehard, what are you waiting for? Go to allchgo.com to become a diehard. Uh, get all the exclusive perks of being a diehard, discounts on everything, merchandise, events, uh, access to all of our uh, tremendous content, and uh, yeah, February 10th. It's going to be fun. It'll be a good time. Can't wait. We'll talk to you then, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.